0: Hi there, thank you for tuning in to Saving the Republic. Today we're going to be talking about the possibility of the cure being worse than the disease, what's going on in North Korea, and has Nancy Pelosi seemed to have gotten crazier? This is episode four.
1: So our first topic is on... Kim Jong-un he's sounds like he may be close to dying or is dead and so uh so first off I wanted to ask like what do y'all think about Kim Jong-un do you think uh do you trust the North Korea media or what do you, what do you think about what's uh, what's going on what's been reported
2: I don't think the media will say for a while if he's actually sick or if he's actually like I mean, I guess, about to die. But I think that if that is the case, they're going to have to say something soon because people are going to notice, like, I already hadn't made an appearance in, like, I don't know. I want to say it was a week. I think I just saw that on Twitter, so who knows. But um, if he keeps that up, like, everybody's going to know that they're hiding something. So they can't keep lying forever.
3: Yeah, I trust the North Korean media about as much as I trust CNN, so...
0: There you go, well, that's actually a lot of trust. <laughs> I I would trust CNN a little more than I would North Korea, and that says a lot.
3: <laughs> I don't trust either one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it seems clear there's definitely something going on. There's a report about him missing, uh, like, the celebration of, the thing it was Kim Jong-il's birthday, so it was a big celebration and he wasn't there. Definitely seems like there's something going on. Obviously, nobody's going to really know it. Um for sure, until they announce it. But it, it seems like he's pretty much close to close to dead.
0: Yeah, yes. And the media in North Korea, I mean, they're trying to show, uh, I mean, they're making it a priority to show that Kim Jong-un is okay. And if the media, I mean, the media is not really the media, they're the government's media in North Korea. They just report what they're told to do. Um, and so, I mean... If they're making it such a priority, okay, we got show them on camera. There, mu- there must be something going on because if everything was okay, they'd be acting normal.
2: I did read on, um, I think it was CNBC, that um, China has sent doctors there to like advise on his situation, I guess. So I thought that was interesting. Like, who knows if that actually happened? But I don't know. I find it
0: interesting that they that a whole country needs to have another country to come in. With their doctors since the, have you, you seen a north korean or, hospital well yeah but the government i mean it's kim jong-un yeah north, i mean north, you see empty towers yet yeah, he lives in luxury you see beat up cars he drives the best cars there are
1: yeah north korea they, they're really in lockstep and they're really dependent on china and so it kind of makes sense that china would send doctors over there um they're both just two really terrible countries but china's bigger so um yeah
0: well china china's got buddies like the who the un people to hide what's going on there
3: New also Korea does it. doesn't china have better things for their doctor to be doing like i'm just saying they have a pandemic that they caused or is it an epidemic I'm I'm not too no, sure it's on a, the differences.
0: It's a pandemic. pandemic.
3: Yes. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> too don't you, sure. Don't you get it
0: wrong, mate. Don't get it wrong. It's a pandemic.
3: But um I, I think pandemic they pandemic
0: with 0.5% death rate. So sorry. I had to say that. I uh,
3: I just feel like uh China has bigger things to be dealing with than oh, random guy next door uh is sick, you know. Well, it's kind of yeah, but, It's a
1: pretty big deal. I mean, even even out like crappy country like North Korea it's still a big deal if their head of state and it's such a big deal because he's basically seen as a god to their people so um so if he dies then there's gonna be a lot of turmoil there
0: yeah and I mean we hear rumors and we see movies like the interview where they talk about how the people worship Kim Jong-un whatever whatever but if you actually go to North Korea I haven't been but I've seen plenty of documentaries and I know that sounds you know but I mean it's just it's just blatantly obvious that that's actually the truth I mean these movies yeah they make you laugh they make you crack up but am I the only one that remembers the way that North Korea reacted when Sony tried to release the interview am I the only one that remembers the bomb threats and all that stuff I mean they freaked out and if there was no truth in that movie why are they freaking out
3: so much and it was actually a really funny movie by the way just just wanted oh, yeah. to throw that in there like i'm i'm kind of mad that uh it didn't open in theaters like it should have but uh yeah it was pretty good
1: i mean it's on yeah, now
3: i hated that they had that kind of
1: influence um but yeah so what what do y'all think is uh, going to happen if it turns out that uh, kim jong un actually did die and i think i think his sister is like kind of next in line to take the throne so like what kind of, what kind of uh, impact do you think that's going to have on like trade and uh, just kind of international relations? With-
0: I think it depends on how he died. If it was just like of natural causes, I don't see anything changing. I don't see, I don't see a single thing in that country changing, That it's just going to be the next person's takes over because they're really China controlled. They really don't do anything for themselves uh, I- because I mean, 'Cause I mean they get all their resources from China. But if he was assassinated or I highly really doubt that happened, but if he was, or if there's something deeper to it, then I it's hard to say.
3: I have no doubt in my mind that no matter what happens to him, they're probably going to blame the US for it. Just just because why not? I mean, they've they've pretty much made us their biggest enemy.
0: I mean, that's an interesting perspective. I mean, it's not I mean, I'm I'm like halfway there with you. I mean, the U.S. has been entertaining the idea of, you know, going in there and adjusting it. But at the same time, they are China controlled.
4: Mm-hmm. So, I
0: mean, if you're going to touch North Korea, you got to go for China, too. But it would also make sense because in the past few years, we've been destroying China.
3: Yeah, I, I also wouldn't think that it would change uh, much like we saw when it was uh, for originally uh, Kim Il-sung and then Kim... Uh, Kim Jong Il and now Kim Jong Un. I don't think that anything will change. It's 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 the same family, no matter what.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it's just they'll probably replace him with the with, I guess if it's a sister, whatever. It's basically just a figurehead. Um, they don't they don't really do anything. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't anticipate anything really changing.
0: Do y'all believe that there are zero coronavirus cases in North Korea?
1: Um, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but it, it, the thing is, it's actually kind of interesting. If, if I mean, if anywhere had zero cases, it might be North Korea because, like, nobody really goes in or out. I guess you have some tourists, but um, but probably not still. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I highly doubt it because, I mean, ever since that um, that American went over there and came back in a coma, uh, nobody's been trying to go to North Korea. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um... Man, we could we could talk all day about that, but that's just kind of insane that that they that they haven't really gotten like sanctioned more I don't think we've really done much to them on uh, after the audio auto warm beer thing. Uh, well, there's really nothing I mean there's really
0: nothing to do to them. They're they're kind of on a trade aspect, they're pretty irrelevant. They don't yeah, do
1: they're, anything. They're, yeah, they, if, very without China,
0: without mm-hmm. China they are crippled. They have nothing. They will no longer be a country. They are just a disaster. So I mean, yeah. you can. I mean, there's only so much to do. All we could really do is just go in there and kill their government. Other than yeah, that, I kind of the people are innocent.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of just see North Korea basically being like a sort of like a subunit of China, because um, they're totally dependent on them. Yeah, you can't really, you can't really hurt them. Like they already don't really have anything, so you can't really do much to them, I guess. But.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just—I mean, what are you going to do? There's—I mean, there's really nothing to do except go in there and get the government because they don't trade. I mean, they—they they don't do anything.
4: All
1: right, so let's go ahead and get on to our next topic, which is—is is the cure worse than the disease?
0: So you may have seen the title "Cure Worse Than the Disease." Um, let's just kind of uh, define that before we uh, dive into it. Um, so obviously, um, I mean, this is extremely obviously. The economy is pretty well shut down. Um, most of us are at home. We're doing this podcast over Zoom. Um, not much to talk about, just because the economy is shut down. Um, and so we're experiencing something where, okay, yes, the coronavirus has its effects. Yes, it you know it's a lot stronger than the regular flu and you know the regular sickness. However. If you are not, what we're seeing, we're just seeing more and more evidence of this. If you are not about 60 or 70 and older, and if you don't have prior health conditions, you will be perfectly fine, if you even get the virus. Because we are seeing a death rate of 0.5%. In Italy, it's a roughly 10% simply because the median death age is 83 or 82. So we're at a time where, okay, there's 20 million people unemployed one out of five suicides is due to unemployment. We're talking about all of these things that, you know, okay, a lot of people aren't gonna graduate, or I mean, they're gonna graduate, but they're not gonna have graduation. You know, proms are canceled, Star Test is canceling, it's just a giant mess. A lot of people aren't gonna re-enroll in the fall to college because they just, the financial insecurity. So what do you guys think about the concept of opening the economy back up? Because a lot of people say, oh, no, 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 no. You just want everybody to die you don't care, you're naive, you don't social distance. But what do y'all think?
2: I think we need to open it up pretty soon. Um, I think that social distancing should stay in place. But to me, it's not like, if you go to Walmart right now, which you can, other people are gonna be there. Other people have like, I don't know, touch the stuff. Like you can get it from that, if you see what I mean. Like It just seems like we can still get it doing this, and I don't think that it's going to be much more difficult to get it doing this. So I don't see the point in having everything shut down. Because exactly.
0: Your entire family can be home all week. And then the one person goes to Walmart to get the groceries and they come home with the virus. I mean, then you just quarantine yourself for no reason whatsoever.
2: Yeah. yeah. I just don't see why we should have to remain on lockdown when people are still getting it. Like,
0: And even and no even if all four of us get the virus, unless we each have you know prior health conditions, the chances of us, even remotely dying is not it's not very likely it's i mean it's it's 0.5% and that's including old
3: people and if also you look at
0: our generation is way less than that
3: also on that the point of doing all the social distancing and things we're doing and shutting businesses down was to flatten the curve and slow the spread that way we don't overwhelm the healthcare systems the curve it still covers the same amount of people it's just over a wider amount of time Everyone is still going to get sick that was going to get sick. But we're making it over a longer period of time. Now that we've effectively seen the peak, there's no reason to stay closed.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I've been saying we need to open. Like, yeah, it's a a balancing act because you don't want to overwhelm hospital capacity. But if you stay on the way, stay on the course that we're doing, like we're going to, the economic impacts are going to be horrible. Like, I mean, they're already bad. We have record numbers of people on uh, filing for unemployment. Uh, It's, it's crazy, but if you keep this up, it's, it's only going to get worse. We've millions of people have lost their jobs and Greg Abbott, you know, I, I felt like he had a, he handled it pretty well for a while. But I think the last, like, week, week and a half, two weeks, um, I don't think he's – I don't think we've opened up fast enough. Uh, he, he's. I was watching one of his uh, press conferences, and he was talking about people that are hiring, but it's, like, H-E-B and these, like, you know, $12 an hour jobs or whatever, um, which is nice. But people want to – I think people want to get back to work, and you can do that safely. You know, it's not – it's not a black or white, you know, you can go back to work and still social distance. Like, yeah, I think Abbott's press, press conference on Monday, he's having another press
0: conference on Monday. I think that's going to be very significant. I think that's going to be like, okay, hold on. Because um, it's just, uh, you know, and to get a little, uh, not, I mean, I don't want to say personal, but at my church, you know, we have to be very aware of, okay, when can we go back to having people here? And uh, uh, one of um Somebody that, you know, we, a close family friend, uh, I don't know why, said, my grandpa was on a call with uh, Greg Abbott a few days ago, and uh, on a big Zoom call about a lot of pastors, and Greg Abbott was saying that he thinks that May 3rd, you can be back at church, social distancing. And I'm kind of like, okay, May 3rd, uh, it's the so 25th, wild. and we, that's seven, or what is that, eight days from now, nine days, We and we are barely opening retail, I really just don't see that happening um i it's just kind of hard for me to see that yeah the whole re- uh, but something else to go ahead.
1: yeah uh well like the whole retail to go i feel like that was you know you put a lot of emphasis on that and i'm just like how do you how do you buy clothes to go like you just i mean you would buy it online and that at that point but exactly like why would i why would i you have go to you need to go online. into the store yeah you need to go into the store see it try it on stuff like that like it's retail to go i feel like that was Way, way, put too much uh, emphasis on that. Um, I
0: think he was more focused on the symbolism of it. You know, like, hey, we're opening it back up. I don't think the I don't think anybody's like, oh man, I can go to Michael's and I can go to Marshall's and wait outside for about an hour until I get my stuff. No, I mean, I, I mean, who's even doing that?
1: <laughs> like, no,
0: I, I wouldn't. I, I, why, why would I do that? Why would I burn that time? I could just order it.
1: I mean, I haven't like driven around the stores, but like, I, haven't, I just can't imagine people are going to these stores and staying outside and you know getting their stuff that way i don't and you know something
0: it. else something else that's going on with this uh you know cure worse than disease is um extroverts need people to energize themselves like they in my i'm personally a very extroverted so whenever i'm isolated from a lot of people i start kind of acting a little weird i need people around me i need the i need the social interaction that way i have energy um, and introverts is the complete opposite. So for example, my sister is uber introvert. I'm very extrovert and we're like intense right now. Like we, we still talk and stuff, but not to, to the same level we were before because she's driving me insane and I'm driving her insane. And don't even get me started on my parents. I mean, we just kind of need to look at the mental health with extroverts and introverts because I mean, there's so much more um, depth to it than all of us just stay at home for the sake of everybody. Okay, you're looking into something where this is why we titled it cure worse than disease, because now the suicide rate's going to go up. Now depression's going to go up. Now you have families that have a very intense vibe in the house. Some families have more unity, but other families are to the point where they all want to kill each other. And I mean, you can laugh all you want, but there are some families that have some, uh, social issues that, I mean, I mean, it's, it's so much deeper than that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, that points to why it's so ridiculous to that we that we ever uh banned people from going to state parks in the first place um that's not a situation where you're in close contact with a lot of other people where you're we're really close um people got to get up they, they have to go outside i mean people have to like get a little bit of exercise i mean it's you yeah, you literally will go crazy staying indoors for like days on end or weeks on end.
0: Yeah, and you know this is where this is where social distancing and quarantine and all that's kind of hard to do when you have a constitution. It's because, uh, for example, I uh, I'm learning like in Mexico, what they're starting to enforce is uh, in certain parts is only one person in the car at all times. They're gonna start doing it where there's like one or two days where you can't leave the house. They uh, they're doing stuff like that in Peru. You can't leave after 5 p.m. There's I mean, and then in New York, de Blasio, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken, de Blasio is still going to the gym. He's still leaving his house and going to the gym while the subway is still open. And, you know, their excuses. Oh, we can't handle the economic repercussion. Um, I think the economy is pretty screwed right now anyway. So, I mean, I think you can handle it. You're already in a bad place cutting off the subway so that the spread stops you'll be fine.
3: I mean why should everyone have to close down their business and like let's say Belton Texas where I am where everyone is spread apart why should we have to shut down every business here when New York still has the subway going like they're going to infect so many more people just by that one thing being open than probably all of the businesses here.
0: Yeah and we wonder we wonder okay why does New York have half the nation's cases? I think it went down to a third, but at one point they had half. And it's, okay, the subway's still open. The mayor is still going out into public. The um, uh, Literally the end of February, first week of March, they were saying, come to Chinatown. Come down here. Come eat in Chinatown. Come do this. Come do that. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. We'll beat this virus. Come out. Come out.
2: Char- yeah, let's do
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Literally. I like, know. come
1: <laughs> eat in Chinatown. I was just like,
0: err. You're joking. You're joking. I mean,
1: the bright side is that I think they're like on the down, on the downside of uh, like they're kind of the, the new cases are decreasing each day in in New York. Yeah. So that's good for them. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree they should close the subways uh, because I mean, if they're, if they are on the down, on the downfall of it at this point, uh, with the subway staying open, I mean, that, the subways are kind of the lifeblood. Uh, like that's, they kind of have to get to, you know, their kind get get to businesses and everything. It's like if we were to close down highways here, I mean, nobody would be able to get to work or anything. Okay, but our
0: high our highways are not invested. I'm not with saying yes. I'm not animals saying animals. that. I'm
1: just saying from the perspective like people have to go to work and that's
0: I, I get the I get the economic work. I get the economic point you're making. But have you been in a New York City subway? Yeah. Yes, like for I the, I, I
1: understand. Yeah, I understand, but like wear a mask, stay away from people. They can't be very crowded at this point. I mean,
3: uh they're per, I I, it, it depends they on the are. it depends know. on the train, but they they can get pretty crowded.
0: I mean, and you know people, I mean, you see the pictures in New York City, the streets are empty whatever. Okay, you can't get a cab. How am I going to get anywhere? I'm going to go take the subway. I mean, they – cut off the subway and you bike. will the curve will, if, if you're, will go way further down.
3: if you're cutting off cab service then cut off the subway I mean literally you, you can't say no cabs and then have a well
2: the thing is there's people that rely on it like to go get groceries or go get whatever else they need so like yeah I would cut it a lot but at the same time people are relying on that for transportation
0: okay but there are people that live in the subways, there are rats running around. I mean, you can't you can't exaggerate this. It's it is disgusting in I've the subway. I've been it. in one New York City subway. I will never do it again. It I just so think that gross.
2: this is it's not a perfect solution, but I don't think there is a perfect solution for it because well, that's true. If you cut it off and people can't get groceries. I mean, uh, what are they going to do? Die so like n-
3: New York? Pretty much die. Uh, uh, <laughs> in, in New York, you're I. You're never far from a convenience store no, or a bodega of some sort. So
2: I think that there's people that rely on it for transportation. They'll get medicine, get groceries, any of that. And yeah, I mean, they're obviously they're going to be pretty close anyways, maybe within walking distance. But for like, I don't know, disabled people, elderly people, people with small kids, I mean, it is kind of difficult to walk to get all of that stuff. So I just think that leaving the subways open is really all they can do right now.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think it just depends on your personal uh, preference, and you know, it's. It comes down to the initiative of the New York people, the New York, the citizens of New York. They're just going to have to decide. Okay, am I going to really take the subway right now? And how? You know, the city might have done some changes to the subway. They might have gone in and clean and cleaned it. I don't live in New York, so I wouldn't know. Um, here to comment with us on uh, the possibility of the cure being worse than the disease, all the way from Massachusetts, we have Matt Lewis, who is on uh, a podcast called, a very good podcast called, A House Divided. Uh, how are you doing, Matt? I'm good, how are you? Oh, we're doing pretty well here in the quarantine. Uh, awesome. <laughs> you want a brief, uh, <laughs> yeah, you wanna give us a brief bio of, uh, you know, what y'all, what, you, what a house divided, uh, how long you've been going, what y'all do, maybe some campus stuff that you've been uh, doing on campus.
4: Yeah, so we've been doing A House Divided as a podcast since October, um, pretty much uploading weekly or um, twice a week. Uh, we're back to weekly now. Um, and so we've just left the kind of school radio station. We're kind of just doing it on our own now, now that quarantine's happening, um, which, is, which is very nice because we're not, you know, really restricted by anything they want us to say. They gave us a lot of freedom but it was good just to kind of take it, you know, and do it ourselves. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm involved with the College Republicans at Suffolk University in Boston as well. Um, And we do a lot of stuff around campus. And I was studying abroad, but I'm going back next fall. And um, we're going to try to grow the club a lot more and and get really involved on campus.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, we've been talking a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, you know, unemployment numbers. We've been talking a little bit bit about depression, suicide. We've been talking about uh, just all these preventative measures if they've really been beneficial or not. So what, uh, what's some of the stuff that's been going on in Massachusetts that might be a little different than here in the South? Sure. Um, and just kind of the stuff you've had to deal with and if you support it.
4: Yeah, so I am um, pretty strongly in support of, of the measures that the government has been taking, at least here. I know um, the nice thing about living in a society like the United States is that we have a federalist system which means that there are states' rights and the, the nice thing is is that this lockdown isn't the federal, from the federal government. So if, if you look at a you know, country like France, in France, Emmanuel Macron can dictate everything that happens in France, um, which is fine for them. They have a small enough society where that is possible. But in the United States, we have such a varying landscape of, of states and, and what those states look like that really wouldn't work here. Like Trump sitting in the White House and just dictating what everyone needs to do across the board wouldn't be effective. Um, So here in Massachusetts, um, we are the third worst state in the nation for coronavirus cases right behind New Jersey. Um, So it goes New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts. And we're about 50,000, almost 51,000 cases here. So um, we have a pretty substantial amount of cases and we're definitely seeing the effects of it here. In the sense that a lot of our hospitals, while not as bad as New York, we're starting to see pressure on some of our hospitals and um, it's, it's really not an ideal situation. Um, I know that I, I was actually um, just at the hospital recently. I was, there was getting, I was getting some tests done. Don't worry, I'm fine. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, nurses, <laughs> the nurses at the hospital were talking about how um, they were starting to run out of masks. I was, I was hearing that kind of in the background and while I was there. So it is worrying here, um, and there is a lot of strain on the, on the healthcare system. So I think that especially in these states, um, in the states around us, just because New Hampshire doesn't have a ton of cases doesn't mean that they shouldn't be locking down because they are so close to us, and in the Northeast especially is very condensed. So I'm definitely in favor of the governors doing what they think is right.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, it's a good point because like here in Texas, we may be a little bit more we may have opened up a little more than some of uh those states uh, around you. I think Georgia is the one that they probably they probably open up more than anyone, so it's great. We'll see how it goes and we'll see if they can manage to open up without really causing another big you know big spike. Um, so we'll have to see how it goes, but I think it's good that there's discretion between between all the states.
0: Yeah, and Matt, why do, you think that, uh, why do you think that Massachusetts specifically has such high numbers?
4: Um, I think it's because overall, I'm, I'm in a pretty rural area of Massachusetts um, in the southeastern section of it. Um, very small town, but most of Massachusetts isn't like my town. Um, most of Massachusetts is fairly, is fairly condensed. Um, there's a lot of small cities. There are a lot of, um, and we have Boston, which is one of the bigger uh, cities in the country um and and we're we're looking at a a situation where not only do we have that but we also have Rhode Island which has Providence and it's condensed and Connecticut and also New York is is a bordering state on the on the the western border of Massachusetts so we I mean the northeast is such a, a odd dynamic of of being so close together and also having many of the nation's um, highest traffic airports. Boston Logan Airport um, was the one of the airports that was still open for coming back from Europe because we had to repatriate United States citizens. So there's a lot of aspects um, to why Massachusetts is, is number three in the nation. Um, also, I mean, we got off to a late start, so um, like most of the nation did, so... It's, it's not an ideal situation, but we kind of have to deal with it as it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. So do you think that some of the economic repercussions we're going through and some of the, um, you know, we, you look at uh, suicide rates and one out of five is due to unemployment. And then you look at 20 million unemployed. And then you look at depression going up because you have very extroverted, energetic people locked up in their houses. Do you think that all of these preventative measures, given the statistics of the virus, are
4: worth it? um i think that they are um basically what we're seeing um right now is at the beginning of all of this we didn't know what this virus was so we did what was the safe thing we had a bunch of bad options basically the least bad option was to shut down the economy and try to stop the spread of this and the worst thing we could have done was probably just let it run rampant and act like nothing was happening so we chose the least bad of all the bad options. And what happened with that, um, unfortunately, we're seeing economic damage from it. But luckily, what it has done and it look, what it looks like it's doing is it's slowing down the spread of the virus. Um, and even if the virus isn't as dangerous as we thought it was, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like We didn't know that at the time. And it would be a really bad idea to open prematurely because there's no guarantee that the economy is just going to spike right back up. Um, People are still going to be scared. I mean, consumer confidence is going to be low, regardless of whether the economy opens back up or not. And then if we look at um, other countries, I mean, the global economy is also not doing well. And just because the United States decides to let restaurants open again doesn't mean that it's all going to come bouncing back. And yes, there are people hurting. So the question becomes, what do we do about that? And I think that we can have a fruitful conversation about steps to help people out who are who are hurting right now as far as food, um, because there are people who can't afford food, um, mortgage payments. We need to work out these problems. Maybe we need to put a hold on on mortgage payments and rent payments um, for a while. Maybe we should do that. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know what the exact solution should be, but I know that opening everything back up right now would be ill-advised.
0: Well, I think that that's, uh, I think that's also, I mean, very good points. I think it's also a, uh, a state's decision as well, because right. some states are nearing the peak. Some states never got bad and some mm-hmm. states are still growing in Texas. Uh, rents, uh, or all evictions are suspended right now. You can't get evicted. Right. Uh, so if you don't pay your rent or your mortgage, nothing's going to happen to you until I think, uh, originally they had put that into place last month and then they said it was going to go till the end of May, I think, or the first of May. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 18. I don't pay mortgage or rent. So I don't, you know, I'm not very in sync with that. Um, however, I have parents that do. So I know some of the, uh, the laws that, and plus, I mean, I'm just, you know, paying attention. Um, and so I, I would assume they're going to extend that. Um, it's just a. Uh, I have they not done that in Massachusetts have they not suspended
4: uh, evictions um so I'm not 100% sure of what has been done in Massachusetts as far as as rents and mortgages um I'm pretty sure that there are no foreclosures there are no foreclosures um I'm not sure when that ends I think it's sometime in May or June um but there are no foreclosures right now and there are I believe are no evictions um but I'm not 100% sure I, I I'm 99% sure about the foreclosures um so I think that it is absolutely up to the states, like a state like Wyoming, it, it it never did actually close down. And I don't think it should close down because Wyoming is so rural and spread out. I mean, they have the same, they have less population than Boston. And like, they're like, I don't know, 11 times the size of Massachusetts, something like that. Mm, yeah. I could be wrong on that number, but it's a huge state with not a lot of people. So, and they haven't seen a lot of spread. Um, and it's the same thing with the Dakotas and, and a lot of those middle American states that are really spread out. They don't need the same restrictions in place that New York does, that Massachusetts does, that New Jersey does, because they aren't going to have that same kind of closeness um, that that a more densely populated state will have. So it's definitely down to the states to decide when it's safe to reopen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. earlier, yeah earlier you you said we shouldn't be just
1: opening it up and acting like nothing ever happened you know, nothing, nothing's happened and I agree uh there are some people in Texas not surprisingly you know there's gonna be there's gonna be some people that are that are saying open it up today I don't think we should um but I think we need to do I think we need to do what we can while still being smart about it and uh, I think ultimately it should be the decision should be on individuals to decide and uh, to use their common sense, uh, I mean, there are gonna be some cases where that doesn't happen, where people you know, just cram in. And some of the protests have been kind of stupid, like uh, people not being not being responsible. But I think I think for the most part, people here and, and really all over the country can probably use their best judgment and uh, decide what, what's best. I think letting business owners do what do what they feel is best. It's gonna it's gonna help get things going, but things aren't gonna be back to normal for a long time. So,
0: yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a hard uh, concept to talk about because there's so much uncertainty. There's so much, uh, you know, it, and it's so state specific. Um, it's I mean, it's just it's just such a a hard topic to grasp, and it's so. The, the point that Matt brought up about, uh, you know, consumer, uh, the certain, the confidence in consumers that, I mean, that's a very good point. And even, even the person more confident than anybody is still going to be, is still going to have a lot of uncertainty throughout the year. And this time next year, just because the repercussions are going to take so long to reflect on your financials. Uh, right now it's starting to reflect, but six months from now, you're going to have a lot, a lot more of a realistic approach than you will, um before like for example my mom uh, her company is perfectly fine uh, thank god but it's because it hasn't reflected on the financials yet they so they're going week by week okay are we going to go furlough are we going to go furlough we don't know um next week you know this friday she was like okay we might we might have to be furloughed and then yesterday she came from work she's like no we're fine Uh, i'll know more next
3: friday yeah that's like the fifth time i've heard that a very similar thing happened to me is we were doing fine company was doing well and then I got a call uh bright Thursday as I was about to leave for work and boom, everyone in my department was furloughed. So
0: Yeah, it's and it's um, you know, for example, I'm a waiter at uh, Chili's and I hadn't been working for like two weeks and then all of a sudden I got a text, you know, you are officially furloughed. I was like, <laughs> Okay, I think I saw that coming. But they just didn't have the the confidence in uh, in the financials to go full throttle furlough because there's so much it, due to the the uniqueness of the covid it takes a while to reflect
3: okay, so I do have a question. I know earlier you said uh you were studying abroad uh, and were forced to return uh what did your repatriation process look like?
4: Yeah, so I was very happy with my school and um and and the country well I wasn't as happy with with what happened at logan um mostly because nothing happened at Logan I wasn't screened i wasn't my temperature wasn't taken. Um, this was back in early March though. So this was before, um, we had shut down travel to Europe. Um, so I wasn't quite at the point where we started doing all of that, but that just goes to show we got off to a very late start. Um, my school, however, handled the situation wonderfully. Um, Suffolk has a campus in Madrid. So I was studying there, uh, in Spain. And which Spain now is the is the second worst country behind the United States, um, and one of the worst countries, as far as major countries for for cases per um, million. So they're they're not doing great in Spain, but unfortunately, um, unfortunately, I was sent home. And what ended up happening was that the school ended up paying for our flights back um, and telling us basically. Not to worry about it; they were going to get us home safe, um, no matter where we were in the United States, which was awesome. Um, And I know a lot of states wouldn't, or a lot of schools wouldn't have done that. Um, And they also gave us a refund for any for the housing that went unused, which I know a lot of other schools aren't doing, um, unfortunately.
3: I know here that students that were studying abroad uh, ended up just flying back here and having to make their own way home. Uh, from wherever they were
0: yeah, yeah and there and there were and there were students that you know get get their stuff mailed back to them so that to, to stop the spread you know i i would be so mad if i if i had a dorm and the university told me okay uh don't worry about coming over here to get your stuff we'll mail it to you no 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 you're not gonna touch my crap no, no 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 that's not happening um i i found that to be an extreme violation
3: agreed i would not want you know just letting a random person dig through my stuff. You know, I've got like, uh, I keep like my files there. I keep my, you know, tax returns, things like that, that I don't want people seeing. Like that's, that's none of their business. They shouldn't be digging through that.
0: Especially with college kids. Cause you're, especially if you're living several hours away from your home, your um, your parents aren't going to hold on to all your files. You're going to have to find a place. And if you're in a dorm, you don't have a whole lot of space. So you're going to have a certain part of your dorm where there are like extremely important documents, like yeah, social security got, like, card, all, all kinds of stuff, passport, all that kind of stuff that you weren't planning on having to take with you. And now your college staff, not even the government, which would be worse, but your government, your, your college staff now has their fingers all over it.
3: I mean, yeah, exactly. I've got my passport and things in there that I, you know, I use when I'm traveling, things like that, you know? It's just, it's, it's a violation of my privacy. I'm paying to rent that apartment. And a exactly. lot of these schools aren't letting me come back to get that stuff. So, well we're so just Matt, out Yeah. Oh, go ahead. So Matt,
1: I had a I had a question. What what do you think uh is kinda like the horizon? When do you think things might be able to sort of get maybe back to normal? Uh kind of or close to normal. Um, you know like kinda in your in your neck of the woods. Uh?
4: um, I mean normal normal being I mean, looking like it was before this. It's going to be a long time, um, especially here. So maybe in other states, it it might be sooner. Um, But I know that they're talking about playing baseball games in Arizona uh, and finishing the – they're starting the uh, MLB season there. Um, They're they're talking about, I think, doing the same thing for the NHL, finishing the NHL season in Arizona as well. So I think that it – as far as just – I mean – sports i think when sports return with fans in the seats that's going to be kind of the the litmus test for okay we're back to normal um but i i don't think that it's going to be back to normal anytime soon i think it, it it'll probably be i mean i'm just i'm just guessing because i know no better than you guys but it's probably going to be a year or or so until we see back to normal and that doesn't mean nothing no businesses will be open for a year but it means it's going to be a while before these before these companies start to uh actually open things back up Um, yeah i
1: mean the the biggest uh sports thing was the nfl draft and that was you know that was nice but um it was a little awkward with roger goodell having like pumping up the fans in the background uh on the their their their, uh, Skypes or whatever, um. But yeah, uh, yeah. Sports is kind of a big thing, um. Yeah. So we'll, I'm, I'm, hoping it gets back pretty soon, but.
0: Like, yeah, and you mean I mean you mean to tell me that Jerry Jones in an AT&T Stadium that seats 100,000 people, when the NFL starts up and the Cowboys come, you mean to tell me he's gonna be like, no, 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 no. no. Once we have 60,000 tickets sold, stop it. No, 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 stop it right there. And seat everybody apart from each other. No, no, no. Jerry Jones is not going to take a forty percent profit job.
1: Let's Without hope it being, doesn't affect uh, affect uh, NFL. Let's let's hope well, at yeah, that I, point. Yeah. I don't think are. it'll.
0: I don't think it'll affect the NFL, but it'll affect the the stadium seating. It'll affect because you're talking about like the AT&T Stadium, hundred thousand people. Jerry Jones is not going to take a forty percent profit hit. That is not going to happen. But that's another conversation. Skyler wanted us to talk about the draft today, but. We, uh, we might do that later, uh, but not today. We might do a special on that. But unfortunately, we're uh, pretty much out of time. Uh, Matt, is, are there any socials that you want to plug for House Divided? Yeah, um, it's so, a great podcast that we all recommend.
4: Yeah, so um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AHDpod. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Lewis 99. Um, and our show comes out weekly on Fridays at 8 a.m.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you for giving us the the opportunity to interview you and uh, we hope uh, things continue to get better in Massachusetts.
4: All right. Awesome. Thank you. It was great to talk to you guys. You too.
0: And, but unfortunately we're out of time on this topic. However, uh, you know, there's never not an opportunity to talk about the DNC and Nancy Pelosi. Every time you think you're burned out on it, there's something even more stupid that happens. And so now we're going to be talking a little bit about Nancy Pelosi.
3: Okay, so our next topic is going to be on uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, I guess the Democratic Party in general right now. So uh, a big thing this week has been uh, while Californians are waiting on aid and relief from the government, uh, Nancy Pelosi went on a late night show and showed off her $25,000 fridge filled with designer ice creams. What do y'all think about that?
0: I mean, she is married to a very rich developer. And she is the speaker of the house. But at the same time, why did do, why does anyone need that? Why do you need that? And it just shows her her cluelessness. She could have gone to a blank wall. She could have said, Hold on a second. My backdrop is probably gonna trigger some people. But she didn't.
2: I saw the other day, this isn't about the ice cream, but she wore like toilet paper earrings to a Corona press conference. I just thought that like it's funny. <laughs> like, why would she do that? I mean, it seems so out of touch, but I guess everything she does really seems out of touch. I don't know. I just yeah, think she's it's, crazy.
0: She she just you know surprises me more and more every day. I mean, mm. I think she I think she's crazy up to here, and then she does something, and I'm, it's just <laughs> it just mm. never ceases to amaze me.
1: Yeah, I don't quite see why she went on the late night show. Like, I mean. I guess I guess it's fine whatever like you're, you're free to do it if you want if you're her but still I don't see I think it's kind of inappropriate at this point like focus. Well, I think there's so I much that needs to be done by it. like I mean I don't know I'm kind of of the perspective that like the government's doing too much but still I mean you're supposed to be doing stuff like go to DC do your like do your job and
0: yeah well I mean and, and you can talk about like how you know, the, there's some situations where the press gets you and gets you in a corner and just kind of gets you. And then there are other situations where you just totally destroyed yourself and nobody made her stand in front of that fridge. Nobody made her show off. Why do you have like 20 tubs of ice cream when you're not even in your California residence half the time? You're usually in D.C. So why? Why did you do that to yourself? There's just, It just it just amazes me that she can be so stupid. It, it who Who? Oh, you know what? I'm going to show everybody that I'm, I can relate with them while they're all filing for unemployment and are only getting essentials at the store. Let me show them that I can relate with them because I have like five tubs of chocolate ice cream. No, it doesn't. What kind of thought process is that? I, I figured that the speaker of the house would be more intelligent.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, Jenny's splendid ice cream. And uh, Joe Biden also spent like $11,000 on that. So it's this tweet. that's um, like ice cream gate because they're, Apparently, the the DNC is very uh, intertwined with uh, with luxury ice cream
3: brands.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked into that very much. Um, I don't know if there's a a deeper (laughs) conspiracy going on with the ice cream. I think there are plenty other conspiracies that deserve more attention than that. Uh, I mean, if I had to guess, off of Ukraine and China. So I mean, it's
3: just giving them the benefit of the doubt. It is pretty good ice cream.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, to, and and that's why we know how much it is. Talenti is like $5 for a little thing like that. And I only buy it like once a week, if even.
1: She had I feel like... like if you eat that, you're, you have to be a Democrat. Like, Republicans eat Bluebell. So. Um,
0: I'm the furthest thing from a Democrat, and I eat Bluebell, Talenti. I do a lot of things. I also hate Whataburger, and I'm a Texan, so... Oh,
1: my gosh, get out of the Democrat
0: state. <laughs> confirmed, absolutely. No, 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 no. If anything, liberals like Whataburger a lot, so I don't want to hear it.
3: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead logic. and kick you from the call. <laughs> oh
0: no, yeah, a lot of a lot of Texans will be triggered at me, but I hate Whataburger. I uh what was the other thing that I told you, Nate, that you got really mad at about my?
3: You my, hate Brahms too? Yeah,
0: I No, 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 no. I hate Brahms customer service. I don't hate Brahms's products. I hate the fact that I pull up to the window and they open the window and they're just staring at me, and I'm well, like, Ah, can I get my order? I can't even even remember the last time it? I went to Brahms. So I mean, that's.
3: Next time, yeah. you next thing I, I hear out of your mouth better not be that you hate Bucky's because that's no, no, the no. I like
0: Bucky's. I like Bucky's. I will drive several hours just to go to Bucky's. Who wouldn't hate 7 Eleven though? Anyway, so Nancy <laughs> does not go to any of these, <laughs> cars, and that's how we're gonna say we were not off topic.
3: Yeah, yeah, on top of <laughs> that, um, I believe, uh It was uh, either Congressman Chip Roy or it might have been Dan Crenshaw who was talking about uh, going back in session to pass any legislation that could possibly help. Uh, And they're being blocked uh, by Nancy Pelosi and several other Democrats. Uh, What did y'all think about that? I mean, it just
0: doesn't surprise me. I mean, Rahm Emanuel never let a good crisis go to waste. We should really just put that out on a piece of paper and make it all of our backdrop so that people don't forget, because I don't think we can reiterate that enough. I mean, it's, it's just the, the epitome of the thing. They're, they're like, oh my God, everybody's suffering. Let's, let's use this. Let's put a bunch of pork in the stimulus bill. Let's get these solar and wind tax credits while we're at it. Let's uh, edit these airplane emissions, because that's going to help COVID. Um, it, just, it just shows. I mean, it doesn't surprise me.
3: Yeah, and as much as I don't like taxes, I, I recognize that this is an emergency situation and the American people just, they need help. I mean, we, we can't get through this without at least coming together a little bit and trying to help. But when you throw all that pork in, like the money to the Kennedy Center and things like that, it's 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 ridiculous.
0: And then you have AOC, you know, celebrating the oil workers are losing their jobs. And then she deletes the tweet. Why do you – okay, if you're a politician, in my, in my opinion, this might be unpopular, you should not be deleting your tweets because it reflects on that you're not confident in what you were saying. Why I feel would like, I tweet out something if I'm not confident in that statement?
3: I feel like it should be something like where uh, you, you can't block people from your Twitter uh, because it is a public platform used to communicate with your – people i feel like it's something that they shouldn't be able to strike things from that record either
1: yeah yeah i think there was well there was that was like made it into court where like they can't uh like they can't block i think from their official government they sued trump so
3: that they can't from those pages uh they can't block people i believe that that that's because it's public record where they can't block people and it's Mm. used to, to contact the public they should not be able to strike things from that either
4: yeah
0: yeah, definitely. That's,
3: that's that's my opinion on that.
0: Um, so we had uh, we had on uh, Alex the uh, oh I forgot our last name uh, the College Democrat. If you haven't checked out that interview, <laughs> I would recommend that you check out uh, Spotify, our YouTube, our Facebook, uh, all of our platforms to listen to that interview because it was really interesting Apple
3: Podcasts to too.
0: Apple Podcasts as well, yes, because it was really interesting to hear her perspective on the DNC, and I kind of wish that we had gotten her perspective on Nancy Pelosi, but. Uh, you know Kelly what do you think Kelly knows her better than any of us Kelly actually brought up the idea we none of us know her and so Kelly what do you think um, after her tweet to your uh, YCT account and after just all the stuff that she's doing how do you think she feels about Nancy what she's doing Biden just all this stuff in the last week because every week seems
2: to be getting worse than the last um I know she doesn't like Biden because she's not She's not really liberal, she's just left like she's just so far left she I don't think like if Biden was in his right mind and he hadn't had people accusing him of being like a rapist, I still don't think she would like him because he's too he's not really moderate but he's more moderate than what she likes. I honestly don't know how she feels about Nancy Pelosi. I've never heard her talk about her um I would assume that she's not her favorite just because. I don't know. This just doesn't seem like her kind of person, but I don't know. That's just a guess. She's never talked about her.
0: Yeah. And I asked Kelly that because, I mean, you know, we are all kind of biased because we're all uh, conservatives. So when we talk about Nancy and all this, obviously we're going to be a little angry just because we don't, we don't agree with her in the first place on this, on her, on her core beliefs and we don't like all this corruption stuff. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting question to ask, okay, what are her supporters thinking right now? If she even has any left. You know, San Francisco is an armpit. Why are we, you know, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm getting anywhere with this, but why, why do they keep reelecting this person that lives with so many benefits of being the speaker of the house?
1: It's extremely hard to get any establishment out of office. Like we, we saw that here. We saw it here. uh, You know, their, their campaigns, their, their races, congressional races in Texas where, we were trying to replace rhinos with with conservatives, and uh, it's also it's hard to do that on on either side, um, whether it's the Democrat establishment or the Republican establishment. I mean,
0: yeah, and that's and that's a good point that we all tend to forget. You know, Nancy's been in there for a long time uh, in the same district, so at a certain point, the people just kind
3: of lose hope. And I mean, we do see that same thing in other areas, like we saw with Kay Granger in Tarrant County. Uh, She was primary challenged and, you know, I mean, I'm from Tarrant County originally and most people in that area do not agree with the ideas that she upholds, but because her name is kind of familiar and they don't know the other guy on the ballot, uh, they they vote for her.
0: Yeah. And we all, and you know, I helped, uh, a lot of us helped with that campaign and we all, thought okay yeah there's no way that K Granger wins because every single house that we would go to people would you know we'd say you know she's been in there for about 20 years you know this you know that you know what's been going on with you know this island and all the money that her son has made off of this and they're all oh no, no 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 I'm not gonna vote for her I'm not gonna vote for her and then she won by what was it 13 points so I mean and you know we wonder okay why are we talking about Texas primary races well it's because a lot of this is due to the just the establishment Biden Pelosi and it's not just on one side these problems are on the right too and you know Pelosi was on camera she was caught on camera is the problem but there are a lot of politicians that put the same pork that the same have the same issues have the same where their constituents are relying on them and they're doing late-night talk shows and Nancy Pelosi just got exposed but there are plenty of other establishment politicians that are in the same boat
1: yeah, Okay. I mean, per- personally I have I have more respect for someone that you know runs on what they believe rather even if i totally disagree with it but i have more respect for someone um that runs on what they believe and is is willing to challenge the, the status quo uh, than i do someone that's just been s- rotten away in, in washington dc for you know how she's i'm sure nancy pelosi has been in office for probably more than 20 or 25 years um but someone that's been there for decades uh and has just accumulated all this power um, it's just yeah, it's time. It's time for her to to get out of office. Um, it'd be great if a Republican could could beat her, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen in like San Francisco. Yeah, in San Francisco, California. Yeah, yeah. So
3: anyway, well, that I think that sums up our thoughts on this topic. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and share with all your friends. Thank you for tuning in.
0: If you like this content, please like, subscribe, share it. If you hated it, like, subscribe, and share it.
1: Thanks for tuning in.